Good morning and welcome to this week's episode of Chatters and Matters here on Midlands 103. The programme is brought to you with thanks to the County Councils and Age-Friendly Alliances across Leash, Offaly and Westmeath and I'm your host Ashling O'Rourke. Well I hope you are safe and well as you join us this Sunday morning and are right and ready to start the day or perhaps you might have been an early starter and this could be your lunchtime who knows but i hope you are in will enjoy the show today now we're going to check in with own wire from probus tullamore own welcome to chatters and matters thank you very much ashley now Tell me, what exactly is Probus? It's an organisation, I, I have to admit, that I've not heard of before. Well, Tullamore, or Probus was, uh, it's an offshoot of the Rotary Club. Okay. And uh, the first club, first Probus club in Ireland was founded in 1971 in Bangor in County Down. And our club in Tullamore started in 1984. Oh, wow. Um, and it, as I said, it's an offshoot of, of, it was started by the Rotary Club. So the word probus is an abbreviation of the words professional and business, but membership is not restricted to these two groups. It also embraces former executives of government and other organizations. And in fact, any person who had some measure of responsibility in any field of endeavor. Now that's what the, the definition is. Okay. And the, the purpose of a Provost Club is, it's for, provide you, provides members with the opportunity to meet with fellow retirees on a regular basis, listen to interesting speakers and to join together in activities all in the company of new friends. So that's the, that's what Provost is about. That sounds fantastic. Um, it's like that stage of life where you go from being a, a working person to a retiree. I know it can be a huge shock to the system. And, you know, it's it can be daunting to really figure out what you're going to do with your time. Um, so something like this, where there is a structure, um, I'm sure it, it will be of interest to many of our listeners. So you mentioned there, that you'd organize different activities and different speakers. So how does the club in Tullamore operate? The club in Upper, uh, Tullamore Club operates this way, that um, normally at the first or the second Tuesday in January, we would have our AGM. And after that, then we would have meetings the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, except the months of July and August, where we take a break. So uh, we would meet in the Charleville Centre in Tullamore at 11 a.m. We'd have uh, tea, coffee provided and biscuits. Members would have a chat. Then we would call the meeting together and we would discuss different issues in the club. And we'd also have a guest speaker who would speak for maybe a half an hour, three quarters of an hour. And then there would be questions and answers after. We should say, of course, own the Charleville Centre in Tullamore. It's a relatively new facility in the town. Um, I remember being there on the day when um, I think uh, when the Taoiseach came to came to town to open it um, and the celebrations there. It's a fabulous facility. 
it's a fabulous facility. We're, we're delighted that we can use it. We, we go upstairs into the, uh, the Doro suite and it's adequate for us. It's a lovely centre. And we're very well looked after there by the, by the manager of the centre. So, um, as I said, we meet there uh, the second and fourth Tuesday. And uh, it, it's, it's terrific because people come together to, to have a chat. And then we have very interesting speakers on speaking on a wide range of topics, you know. So, Owen, um, how did you come to being involved? How I came to be involved, I, I play bridge in Tullamore and one of the people that I, I'm very friendly with in the bridge club, Peter Murphy, was a member, is a member of Tullamore Provis and he asked me to come along as a guest and uh, see what I would think of it and I went along and uh, went to a few meetings and I said yeah this could be, this could be interesting and I joined up then, that's now how I, I didn't know anything, I didn't even hear of Provis before I went to the went to the meeting. What then? If so, this is interesting because if you didn't know anything about it before, and you went in and just thought, Asher, look, we go, we keep my mate here, Peter, happy, and we give it a go and see what it's like. What made you stay then, Owen? Why? Uh, why have you stuck with it for so long? Well, it's it's the company that I meet in there, but also the talks. Uh, you know, there's such a wide range of speakers and very interesting speakers on. The, wide range of subjects and also the outings we we would have uh, maybe three outings in the year where we would go to um, historical places uh, sports facilities you name it and uh, we would also have our uh, autumn lunch and then we'd have a christmas dinner and uh, you know it's it's uh, we have about 35 members and um, you know, it's it, it, we're a close bunch, and uh, we like to meet one another and have a have a chat. I, I, I the talks really that that were given. That's really what what attracted me back to the meetings and to, to join up Rose. I'm born and raised Tullamore and one thing that I absolutely love about the town is the community spirit that we have all of these different organisations that pop up and uh, that there's such a level of positive community spirit in the town. And if people are listening to you speak this morning Owen, and thinking, do you know what, I really would like to be a bit more sociable or I'd like to get to know more people in the town. Um, can can anybody just pop in or how do they um, maybe take take a look and see whether or not Probus is for them? They can contact me. Uh, I can give you my email address there and uh, they can contact me and um, or my mobile number um, bonewire at yahoo.ie or 0860469750. And we should say, Owen, just for clarity's purpose, because um, your the spelling on your name, it's Owen, O-W-E-N-Wire, W-Y-E-R, at yes. yahoo.ie. And the phone number there again is 086-046-9750. Well, Owen Wire, thank you so much for joining us on Chatters and Matters this morning. I've really enjoyed our chat. And just before I finish with Ashling, we would be delighted to get members, uh, new members. Uh, we're always looking out for new members. So 
please, if anyone wants to, make contact with me. And we should say as well that the, the Charleville Centre in Tullamore is a very, it's a fabulous facility. It is, it's an accessible facility with parking on site as well, if that's um, uh, of, of, of interest or, or if you need to know. Well, Owen, thank you so much for joining us on Chatters and Matters. Thanks, thanks, Ashley. Thank you very much. Now, do you have any secondary school pupils in your house that are going to be sitting exams this summer? I know it can be terribly stressful. So coming up after the break, we're going to be joined by Betty McLaughlin, who is a chartered guidance counsellor and a former president of the Institute of Guidance Counsellors to give you some tips and tricks to help you and yours get through exams season 2022. You're listening to Chatters and Matters here on Midlands 103. The programme is brought to you with thanks to the County Councils and age-friendly alliances across Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Well, exams season in many households right around the country sends shivers down people's spine. It can be a terribly stressful time for everybody from the student themselves to mum, dad and the grandparents. So we thought we might check in with a guidance counsellor, Betty McLaughlin, to get some tips and tricks on what we can be doing to help the exam students in our lives this season. And, and maybe, Betty, as well, some survival tips for, for getting through the next couple of months as well. Betty, thank you for joining us on the show this morning. Delighted, Ashley. Thank you very much. Now, as I said, it can be such a stressful time. I remember it myself. I didn't cope with it very well myself, I have to admit. So, you know, I, my sympathy and my heart goes out to the secondary exam students at the moment. Absolutely, Ashling. It is not an easy time for anybody. And certainly, like, it's a big deal for them. And, uh, you know, it's to try and keep things uh, in focus is so important. And to try and remember that there are so many pathways for them, so many options. And to remember as well that the CAO is not the only show in town. And even if they're going through the CAO, the Central Applications Office, to third level and to universities, it's so important to say, Ashling, that, it, you know, there are back doors through the CAO as well as there are front doors. And I'll give you an example of that, Ashling. And if they can keep this in mind, say you want to study physiotherapy at the moment and you know that the points are going to be, there could be anything up to 560 points, you can decide, look, I'm not going to get those, but I do have an option. I can go a level six or seven in Letterkenny IT, a level six. I can study there for two years. I may get in there anything between 350, 450 points. And after those two years, they have a very good deal with Coventry University. And I can transfer over for two years to Coventry University, where I can complete my course and be a fully qualified physiotherapist in the same time that it would have taken me if I was to do it here in Ireland. So that's just one example of many ways and many back routes that are into the course of your choice. And Betty, like the whole CEO system, and I know there's been an awful lot of talk about it in recent years, but this year in particular, We've seen the Colleges of Further Education um, included on that CAO website. Now, I think it's important to say, I, and I know this because I teach in Ballyfermot College of Further Education myself, um, yes. that not all courses are as of yet on that CAO website, but it is a starting point. 
Look, it's a step in the right direction, Ashling, but it can be misleading too. I mean, the, there is a lot of media and a lot of advertising and hype around the fact that, oh, this is wonderful now. We have the CAO, a one-stop shop for applications into further education, which is our well-known PLC, Post Leaving Cert Courses, uh, which, by the way, are so easy and more easy to navigate up to now uh, than they ever were in any other course to get into and also apprenticeships. So people and students and parents, there was such hype around it, I have to say, Ashley thought it's all on the CAO form. I have had to spend a lot of time explaining to students, parents and other that it isn't that way. It is just a link that is on the CAO mm -hmm. website. But it's bringing us right back in, as you know, to apply in the normal, traditional way to the wonderful, excellent, highly sought after, difficult to get into sometimes courses in Ballyfermot. I have students who would give their eye teeth to do animation there and uh, looking at all the awards you have got through the years. But I have to say that it is still the traditional way that they are applying. And it's great to have the opportunity on this fora uh, here with you, Ashling, to, to point out that seriously, it is still the same application as heretofore. And unfortunately, when it comes to the apprenticeships it is still the same application and the difficulties to uh, you know to find a sponsor still remain as they did in in the past years up to now so i think you know it's great that we are able to uh, demystify that point yes for yes and i think I it's, a, it, it's a and I, look and betty i'm a media professional it's my bread and butter and i absolutely agree with you there was an awful lot of misinformation put out around the new the so-called new cao system but it's really like there are many colleges of further education i know in our own case in ballyfermot college like i teach in the media department we teach right up to a level eight degree so it's not just a, a level five or a level six and then you have to go off somewhere else you can stay put and get your qualification in the same length of time as you would in a university one of the key one of the key points i think betty as well with further education and i and i know it's been an issue because of the increase in points and the numbers going to universities that students are not always suitable to the particular courses like just because you get the points doesn't mean you're going to be uh, good at that particular course whereas with further education colleges to get a chance to sit down and have a conversation with the course leader and be interviewed for your um, aptitude to that particular area of study I think and I'm not a guidance counsellor, but I do think that has to be a plus. It is 100% a plus and it is very important for a young person. And really, uh, in those interviews, they have found them very useful because I know I have sent students for further education to PLC colleges and uh, they have gone and they've had a chat with the course director and in the course of that conversation they would realize this is not what I thought it was but the course director has saved my life in cases by recommending to them that look we have another course here in our college that would actually meet your needs and suit your aptitudes and interests far better and they've gone through that successfully so there you cannot beat that conversation and you know students really are so happy even to get that conversation to get that interview and I hope it always remains because it's a real strength in the in the further education colleges Ashley. Now Betty we are talking it's the 27th of February the 1st of March is coming around we're getting very close to sitting those dreaded exams what should leave and I hate that word should okay but what would be advisable for leaving cert students to be doing at the moment? 
Well, certainly now at this stage, Ashling, this week, by tomorrow, they will most schools that have run mock examinations will have finished them. So I would say in that here is a golden opportunity. Forget about it if you didn't do well in those papers, but take those papers, take those scripts when you get them back and go through each paper and see, look, what did I know? What did I not know? How did I answer my question? What mistakes did I make here that I will make sure I won't do the next time round? And really you could learn so much by going through that, by asking your teacher, why did I lose the mark here? What would have helped me to get a better mark? You could really make fantastic use of the scripts that you get back from your mock examinations and, you know, really help you. Look as well at the time frame um, that, you know, did I get my questions done? Did I, get, did I allocate the time? Use the whole experience as a reflection on what am I going to do now? What went well? What did not go so well in these mocks that I need to address so that I can get better? And I think that would be a great starting point. Also, Ashling, they're looking at their practicals coming up now in Easter. Yeah. They'll be looking at the orals coming up during Easter. And I think great tips there for them are be prepared. A great, I was an Irish and French teacher for years, Ashling, and you know, a great tip for a student going into an oral now would really be to have their questions and answers prepared. Look, I also examined the oral Irish for 18 years and I asked the same questions practically every year during that time. And they are, you know, specific questions. We want to know about the students. What are their pastimes? Tell me about yourself. What are your dreams? What are your plans? What are Fibon and the Dini Yoga? What problems do you have? So you can, there are certain questions you can be fairly sure that you would like the examiner to know about you. So you write them down and write your answer. And then if you, and this has proven to be a wonderful idea for students, tape yourself. Yeah, on your I was phone just going to say that. Yeah, and listen, and listen back, read them out, tape yourself on your, it takes, it takes away an awful lot. It gives you confidence. You've used your different learning styles. You've used your writing, your written skills to um, write it down. You have used your vocal skills to practice your presentation and the speaking. And then you're using your learning skills and your listening listening and you're getting it into your head and that could really ace your orals for example in relation to your practicals of course whatever practicals you need to be doing if it's woodwork if it's whatever it is if it's art whatever your project is do ask your teachers for help they are there to guide you and help you and they want you to do well don't be afraid to ask but unless you put yourself in the position that you ask they may think everything is fine so definitely ask them to prepare for that and I would also say like know what questions know what you have to do by this stage now there's huge choice which is wonderful Ashling, but it's still going to be a deep competition when it comes to points so you know what questions areas of the paper you're going to do so say for example in the past in Irish you might have had you had poetry and you had prose and you mm -hmm. had to do questions from both now you have either or you either decide you're going to answer the poetry questions or you're going the philia or you're going to answer the prose and so now you know at this stage you've done your marks I'm going to concentrate here. I'm only going to attempt the poetry question or I'm only going to attempt the prose. So you can refine down what exactly do I need to learn? What questions do I intend to answer in each of your six or seven subjects that you're going to sit? So you have that little plan of action and then you look at those questions, where you went wrong, how, where you went well, what you did well and what you may need to far, further add. 
from your mock papers. And there's a great little structured start for you, a little framework to begin with that is doable and manageable. And then every day to do your few hours, uh, you know, get your homework done and even take this, you know, five nights of the week, take an extra subject each night for half an hour to start revising and going back to that little plan where you have, I'm answering this, I'm going to look at the poetry questions tonight, I'm going to look at something else tomorrow, I'm going to look at the essays, I'm going to consider what kind of good phrases would I like to have ready to put into my Irish essay, and work smart, not hard, and if you keep focused, unfortunately, we say, you know, it's terrible we're working to the exam, but at this stage of the year, we are working to the exam. And even though you are, it's still de developing your skills of listening and learning and writing, but you do have to be focused towards that exam and towards getting the best out of it and practicing questions, going through the test papers, making sure you know, you know, how much time you have and how much questions you need to be answered. I mean, leaving out a question is a major disaster. <laughs> and Betty, we should say that as a result of COVID, there have been adjustments to how the exams function. And, Excellent. Mm. And we like it's important as well that mums and dads and grandparents know this. It doesn't matter what Auntie Mary down the road thinks is going to be on the paper this year. You need to get that information, not off Facebook or Twitter or TikTok, from your class teacher. Because we Absolutely. don't want people getting confused. Absolutely. And as well as that, Ashley, all those adjustments are available on the Department of Education website and the SEC, State Examinations Commission website. And you can go on there, examinations.ie, and they will give you all the adjustments. And another good little tip there is, in the, you can look at the marking scheme for last year because these adjustments are actually much the same as the adjustments that were there last year for last year's students, very little difference. And you can look at what the marking scheme was like. And here's an even better tip. You can go on examinations.ie and you can download what is called the Chief Examiner's Report that is written every year at the end of the marking session. And the Chief Examiner in each subject will write, these are the mistakes that students commonly made. And if you look at those and you're aware of what the pitfalls were last year, it's a great kickstart for you to make sure you won't fall into those pit stops. And it's amazing by avoiding those pitfalls, how many marks you could actually achieve. So that's examinations.ie. They're all free to download. That is what I like about the Irish education system. It is transparent. It's transparent. It's accountable. And you can see a lot. Everything is explained to you, you know? Well, Betty, so that is the chief examiner's report for each subject area on examinations.ie. Well, Betty McLaughlin, guidance counsellor, has kindly agreed to stay with us. So we're going to go and pay the bills. We'll take some ads and we will be back Back with Betty in a couple of moments time. You're listening to Chatters and Matters here on Midlands 103. The programme is, of course, brought to you with thanks to the County Councils and age-friendly alliances across Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Now, we are talking all things exam season and we're joined by Guidance Councillor Betty Midlachlan. Now, Betty, I remember doing my Leaving Cert being very stressed out about the practicals and the orals and you mentioned it there before the break but it is such an easy thing to do. Now when I did it I had to go and get a mini disc and buy a little plug-in microphone and there was an awful lot of effort that went into it but now students can just go onto the voice memo app on their phone regardless of what kind of phone they have and record themselves doing the the orals for their language preparation but also like if you're doing a practical for music you can you can you can listen back to yourself playing or singing and 
it's such I remember like I used to walk the dog listening to myself if anybody heard me they thought probably thought I was crazy but it was so helpful and it really came in on the day absolutely and you it your confidence is is at an all-time high because when you go in you're well prepared you feel you've done it before and that you've achieved it before and as you know the best indicator of future success is past success and you know you it it, is definitely a huge confidence builder and even to listen the night before before you go to sleep listening to that and in the morning your retention the memory it'll just flow it really will flow Betty, how important is it? Like I know in my own college, in, in Ballyfermot College, we have our open day, like the next day, open day will be March 11th. And it can be all consuming where, oh, I have to study, I have to study, I have to study. How important is it that you log on if it's a virtual open day or if you actually go to the campus and, and check out the place that you might be studying in come September? I'll tell you, it, 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 has, it reaps so many benefits, Ashling. First and foremost, it informs you. Uh, it tells you more about the course, so you're applying to the correct course. That's one thing. It gives you how to do it. It gives you a feel for where you'll be. And what I have found about it, it has a great motivator for students to keep on track because it's very difficult to keep studying at the drudgery and, and, and trouble of that without having a goal and something to aim for. But once the students find out, and please put in a few more courses on it there between the media and the animation, if you can, <laughs> In belly it. once they see something that they want to say, I'm going to go for this, I'm going to do what it takes. And that is the best motivator of all. A parent can be nagging, a teacher can be nagging forever. But if they themselves identify something that they want and they can be encouraged to go for that, that is hugely beneficial. It's more beneficial. Those few hours looking at that virtual or attending, if you can, uh, you know, what's available to you. It's uplifting. It's it's positive. It's a positive move. And it is a major motivator. And when it also gives you confidence for when you do go in, when you get that offer, you know, you are so happy. And it is. And I know I, I even to this day, it was 2003 and 2004 when I was doing it. But I still remember the crack I had on those open days and the people that I met. It really is such an important thing that, you know, you can study as much as you want for the exams, but actually sitting down and learning about the places and the options that you have can really be motivating. Um, for my own part, I'm currently putting together a new course for 2023 on content creation and photography. But, oh, uh, fantastic. That's me. That's me just plugging myself there, Betty. <laughs> Good for you, Ashling. Now, Betty, um, like I know, um, I say for colleges of further education, they'll be doing interviews over the course of the summer months. There's for yes. many, there are no set dates. They'll continue taking in students right up until the academic year begins. But are there any key dates that families need to be aware of now between, say, the 1st of March and, and July um, as far as applications are concerned? Well, as far as applications are concerned, I know that the, the, the courses are ongoing and the interviews can be ongoing. And it's wonderful that they're still there, even when the CAO offers come out. However, you know, as you know, often in, in courses, whether they're in NFET, whether they're in further education, PLC or whatever, there will there will be courses where, you know, demand will mm -hmm. exceed supply so the sooner they do those interviews settle themselves to the better I wouldn't just be waiting as I wouldn't be holding off on it because there's nothing better than having that little offer waiting for you and to keep you going and to keep you 
you know, comfortable in yourself to keep you positive and happy about it, knowing that it's there for you. So I would say not to be holding off. It is wonderful that they are ongoing and that there is great opportunity and that really the post leaving their courses that they continue to interview to help people. But don't leave it. I would say go for it. Get yourself sorted. Now is the time to do that. Because, you know, it'll actually actually calm you down uh, once you know that you have a plan and you know what you need to do to get there to, you know, to reach your goal. Betty, we should also say, um, and it's an issue that I've, I've, I've actually gone through the process myself. And as an interviewer, it's a question that I always ask on courses. If you have any additional learning needs, whether that's a um, a severe physical disability or or a minor, maybe a mild case of dyslexia, there are loads of supports available, but you need to put that paperwork in place now. Absolutely, you do. And you need to inform the college because if they want to make college will colleges will do they will bend over backwards really to accommodate students. I know of some colleges, even where my students were going, they even got an OT report and looked for an OT report to see that they had um, the facilities in place to support students with special educational needs. So the school, the sooner that a student indicates that to the college and of course there is a, a space on the application form where you can indicate that the better then the better accommodated you will be and the better that the college will be aware of what they need to put in place for you to help you in the most inclusive and independent way possible to be uh, have a the most fulfilling experience that you absolutely can during the course and we should say that your place will not be your ability to get a place is not affected you will not be turned down like first of all by law colleges cannot refuse you a place if you have um, a recognized medical illness or a disability but also in practice i know for a fact it's it doesn't happen so you're better off ticking the box on the form 100 percent. you know if there's anything at all and also i'd like to say to students Sometimes students might say, what if I do that, they mightn't take me. That's not the case at all, as Ashling has just assured you there, right from the horse's mouth in one of the most uh, forefront, most popular colleges in the country. Uh, and that is well known. Uh, it's just so important that no way will you be will you be disenfranchised in any way by telling them, but you would be doing yourself a, a disfavor if you don't ask in advance for what you need. Well, Betty McLaughlin, a guidance counsellor extraordinaire. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us this morning on Chatters and Matters. I hope Betty's advice has eased your concerns if you are in an exam household this spring, summer. Um, our best wishes, crossed fingers, touched wood and prayers for you and yours this exam period. Thank you, Ashley. I'll be back after the break. You're listening to Chatters and Matters here on Midlands 103. I hope you're enjoying our show this morning. The programme is, of course, brought to you with thanks to the county councils and age-friendly alliances across Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Well, returning now to a topic I have to be completely honest, I know nothing about. But we're joined now by David O'Malley of O'Malley's Fishing and Tackle Specialists in Mullingar in County Westmeath. David, welcome to the programme. Thanks very much, Ashling, for asking me. Thank you. Now, David, um, 
fishing i know is a hobby that many 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 people all around the world never mind ireland really thoroughly enjoy and um some people say it's a good day ruined and that could also be said about golf i guess but um others really like it, it's really passionate about it now i'm someone i have to admit who loves eating fish um but i know nothing about fishing so we're at the time of year where the weather's beginning to improve touch wood and all of that we're going to have springtime coming and we'll be able to get out and about in better weather in the weeks to come so if you're kind of maybe had been humming and hawing about maybe starting up fishing i'm curious as to where you would start um like there immediately i think you're going to have to buy equipment but i'm not sure where the starting point would be for yeah. someone who's interested in fishing this is one of the things that a lot of people kind of uh, struggle with. Uh, they, they, they start to overthink the process of fishing. Mm-hmm. And the best thing I can say is just keep it to basics, keep things simple. Um, doesn't have to be complicated, you know. Um, but I know I have had parents come in, fathers come in that would never have fished before and their sons are interested in fishing. And they kind of start thinking all sorts of they have to get all the stuff together. It's not so. You just start off with a simple outfit, a rod, a reel, some line, and a few small baits and stuff. And other than that, you, you don't need you don't need to complicate it. You know. Is it expensive to get started, David? Uh, a junior outfit kind of uh, somewhere around 30 euros for a rod, reel, and line. So it's not very expensive. Uh, you don't have to get very expensive stuff to start off. You, you never know kind of uh, when, um, especially with the younger kids and that, they, they really don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in buying really expensive stuff. Buy them the basic stuff, get them started. If it's a thing that they, they enjoy it and like it and want to go further, you can buy more expensive stuff down the road. But not initially, you know. It's uh, like it's like that joke: the salesman saw you coming. You don't need to spend the earth to get yourself started. Exactly, exactly. And uh, like you know, so some some fishermen have more expensive gear and better gear and everything, and yet you see the other fishermen that have an old rod and an old reel and stuff catch a lot more fish than they do. So it's whether you're looking good or whether you might catch fish. It can be a problem sometimes, <laughs> but uh, it, it's nice to have good gear at the end of the day as well. But starting off, uh, there's a few different types of fish. There's a few different places to go fishing. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether you go fishing on a lake or whether you go fishing on a river, it's it's slightly different. Um, if you're on a lake, you usually go out in a boat and you will let the bait out behind the back of the boat. and the fish comes along and grabs it and then the top of the rod bends around and you have them and then you play them out. And uh, if it's a nice fish, you can bring them home and eat them. And if it's not, you can let them off for another day. Now, that's um, something I've always been curious about because I've, ha- I've heard of uh, catch and release, I think is one phrase that yeah. I've heard. As I yeah. said, I-, I know nothing about fishing. But if you do say, for instance, catch a fish and decide, no, ah, no, it's grand. I, I let him off and let him back into the water. Um, do they not just die? No, no. Okay. Uh, if, if you can, you can decide when you're playing out fish whether you want to let them go or not. 
a lot of the trout fishermen that fly fish would actually release them even without taking them out of the water. So they just reach down, take the hook out of them and let them off again. So there's no kind of uh, stress put on the fish, so to speak, he's gone. Okay. And a lot of there's, I suppose fishing can be cut into two different groups, kind of there's coarse fishing, which is pike, rud, roach, perch, bream, tench. Uh, there's a few more as well. And then game fishing, which is trout, salmon, and rainbow trout. So they're the two basic uh, segments of fishing. Um, there's a lot of fellows that like to fish, this time of the year, there'll be a lot of fellows that like to fish for pike, uh, pike fishing. So uh, they would be using kind of a, a heavier rod than you'd normally spin with. They would be either fishing uh, dead baits or they would be spinning. Uh, some, something like Mike the Pike from Weston is one of the baits that they, that they might use. Or uh, Savage Gear have a, a, a big trout, which they might use for the pike as well. Um, the other thing is, if you're fishing for pike, their teeth are very sharp. So they cut ordinary lines. So you have to put on a little trace in front of your baits called a, a, a leader trace or a, a steel trace. And that's... Does that mean, David, that, um, sorry to interrupt you there, does that mean you should bring a first aid kit with you in case uh, you get a little bit too close to the teeth? Well, you don't want to be putting your hands into into the pike's mouth because yeah. the, their teeth are sharp, you know. Okay, okay. and um, of course, when there are hooks involved, accidents can happen. So can happen, yeah. A couple I've, of band-aids wouldn't go amiss. I've had, I've had one or two stuck in my thumb. <laughs> but uh, nothing, to, nothing to worry about, though. Now, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that your all 10 fingers are, are still intact. Um, yeah, I have all my fingers. <laughs> so, David, you mentioned there, like, you might want to go um, to a river or to a lake. And, of course, it depends on the conditions on the day and the time of year, weather-wise and all of that. Are there rules about where you can fish? Like, I know in some places fish are maybe uh, brought into the lake. They're, they're, they're added in at certain times of oh. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there, there are some areas where maybe there might be there might be rules against fishing. Uh, there'd be certain times of the year that you can't fish for certain species. All right. Um, IFI have a very good website, ifi.ie. You can go in into your own area, look at the little lakes and stuff and rivers around, and you can familiarize yourself with uh, the rules and regulations. To, pertaining to each fishery. Well, David O'Malley, you've certainly given us a great introduction to fishing. And if it is something that you are considering taking up as a hobby, I think the best advice might be to go straight to your local fishing and tackle specialist and they'll be able to give you all the tips and tricks, particularly um, the information that is relevant for your specific locality. Well, David O'Malley of O'Malley's Fishing and Tackle Specialist in Mullingar in County Westmeath, thank you so much for joining us on the programme this week. 
Well, that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Chatters and Matters. My thanks to our contributors to the show this week. And of course, as always, my right-hand woman, Rosaline, for helping me keep the show on the road. I ran out of time because I enjoyed speaking with our contributors so much this week that I didn't get a chance to play any music. But Des Doyle will be up after the break at nine o'clock and I'm sure he will have plenty of music to get you up and about this Sunday morning. I hope you have a fantastic day. Stay safe and we'll be back same time next week here on Chatters and Matters on Midlands 103.